Father, thanks that you are good, that you're with us. You are showing us um, next steps. You are guiding us along the way, even as we um, lean into you. I pray this morning that the, the, the message would be helpful for us, not just for those of us that are close to a situation here at Hope, but, but helpful for all of our lives in times that we have to lean into difficulty or storms of life. Um, we give you our attention now and our time, and I pray that, that anything that is said this morning that you want to stick to our hearts, that you would cause that to stick, and anything else that I say or is said that, that isn't for us would just fall off. Uh, we submit to your spirit and your spirit alone. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, obviously, I had to shift a little bit of gears and figure out what we're going to talk about or preach on a Sunday morning, um, and, and was praying and asking God for some wisdom, and I remembered how a few years ago when I went through, a, we went through a difficult situation, storm, uh, God used a piece of art that was based on scripture, but he used a piece of art to just grab my attention. In fact, um, uh, I did a little bit of a message on that way back then. This is a different message today, but um, this is actually the piece of art. My wife, after hearing this, me talk about this, she went out and bought a canvas print. So this piece of art here hangs in my office. I'm kind of, office is a little generous. It's more like a closet. Uh, it's, it's up there where I just see it above my computer. I see it every day. And of course, this week, it really grabbed my attention again um, because we had been in uh, a, a difficult storm a few years ago. And so um, one of the things that I do as I have a regular practice of making sure that I am um, always meeting with mentors, um, spiritual director, which if you're not sure what that is, it's kind of like a, a, a prayer listening coach. Now spiritual directors would balk at that as my wife would balk at that. But that's my best way to try to simplify it if you don't know what a spiritual director is. Um, they just listen with with you to what God might be saying and help help in that way. So I have a, a pastor, mentor, friend who's a spiritual director that I meet with regularly among different mentors and other people that I stay in touch with and a therapist, like all the stuff I do to make sure that I'm moving forward and being healthy. And I went to my regular appointment with my spiritual director, but this was the one time that we had to meet somewhere different than we always meet. It was one time, different place, different building, different room, never been in before. And I go in and I sit down and I look up, and on the wall, there's this print of a Rembrandt painting. We'll put it up on the screen so you can see it a little better here. And what I do is um, I'm sitting there in my chair, and I just get up. It was a little smaller than this piece. And I look at it. I take it off the wall, like you do, and <laughs> go back to my seat, and I'm staring at this. And um, <clears throat> Danny, who's my uh, spiritual director, mentor guy, after a while, he goes... So, Doug, which guy are you in the painting? <laughs> uh, well, before I answer that question for us this morning, let's read the story that this painting is based on. It's the story that got my attention again this week. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, reads this way. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other, other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat. They started out, leaving the crowds behind. Although other boats followed, and I'll pause for a second. By the way, I'm not going to get to every piece of this, um, and in two weeks we'll come back to it. So if you're like, how come you didn't hit that part? Well, there you go. We'll come back in two weeks. We'll see. I might not get it then either. All right. Next part of the scripture here. Keep reading. Uh, it's always good when my pages are out of order. There it is. Uh, 
Verse 37, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, peace, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. (laughs) Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love where it says peace. Jesus said, peace be still. And suddenly there was a great calm. Back in 1633, artist named Rembrandt um, painted his best attempt to capture that scene from scripture. It's called Christ in the Storm on the Sea of Galilee. A little side fun fact here. In 1990, this actual painting was stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. No one has seen it since. Here, go to the gallery. See that spot over there, the open spot? They still have the empty frame hanging there 32 years later in the museum that this was stolen from. Um, I actually think that I saw something like this hidden in Troy's garage, but don't tell anybody. We'll let it be our secret. So, here, well, this, maybe this will help. Um, you see this? We got the next slide there. All right, so we got, by the way, laser pointer. Welcome to 1989. You're welcome. Um, so here we go. We've got Jesus is down here. And here are the rest of the disciples here in the boat. And, and these guys here and this painting, they're, they're, they're in various kind of stages of response to this terrifying storm. And in so many ways, I think that their responses that we see and we're going to look at here in a minute, they represent like my own instincts, a pretty accurate picture of how I think I and maybe we live um, and how we tend to respond when a storm or when a crisis of life hits. So pretty common. And again, by the way, um, I'm, I'm not just speaking to like the storm that Hope Covenant Church is in. Um, I also want to broaden that out and think about um, the storms in our own lives, our own stories. Because while some of us were deeply impacted by um, the storm that hit our church family this last week. Uh, this is not a sermon exclusively about that. Um, and the truth is that in any trial, in any difficult circumstance, whether it's personal or work or health, there are major things that in the storm that I know that we need to be reminded of, that I need to be reminded of, no matter what it is that the storms of life throw at us. And that's why I came back to this painting here, um, because I think Rembrandt did a spectacular job in describing how we tend to respond in the storms of life. Um, Here, let's look a little closer. We'll zoom in a little bit. Here we go. All right, see this guy right up here by the mast? He's hanging on to that right there. Uh, This typical response um, is a fixer, right? 
Apparently this guy up top, he's convinced that if he can just, you know, fix the rigging, climb a little higher, maybe get this thing set, then everything will be fine. Like, hey, if I can just tighten this thing, we'll be fine, right? It'll all be good. I, I look at this guy and I think, you know, he's, he's a fixer. And um, actually the other four guys in the area, they're fixers too, right? They're just scrambling to save the ship. Um, you know anybody like that? That's actually me, right? Uh, I'm a lot like that. Far too often, I run to fixer mode. I mean, you know, if I was on the boat, I'd be like, hey, listen, I know that the mast is about to snap, but still, I think if we turn the rigging just a little more to the starboard side, we'll be just fine. We'll have smooth sailing from here on out. When the problem is, I don't even know which side the starboard side is, right? It's not going to stop me from trying to fix everything. So some of us, we relate, right? We are... Recovering fixers. Um, all right, check out this guy here. Uh, right down in here. Ah, I wish I would have lightened this up a little bit. This guy, these guys here, but especially that dude where the light's on with my trembling red light. Um, I, I, to me, he looks angry. He's the angry one. Um, he's sitting there. There's Jesus, right? He's by Jesus. And the, the guy's actually grabbing Jesus by the cloak, which it's like, whoa, whoa, dude, you don't do that, right? That's like a 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty. You can't grab the Son of God for crying out loud, right? So he's grabbing Jesus. He's probably the one that screamed, don't you care that we're all going to die, right? Sounded a little like Grover there, sorry. Um, but right here, the storms of life, that guy represents um, one of our first instincts. It's sometimes anger and anger at God, how, how, what, what, right? Pretty normal, pretty normal. How about the guy behind him? Again, I, he looks just confused to me, like, well, I see these guys are talking to Jesus. Those guys are over there, like, trying to do something. Uh, they're not getting anything done. Maybe I need to go over there and help Bart and the gang, you know, try to work on the mast, right? He doesn't know what to do, right? He's confused. He's confused, which I think is pretty common. When storms hit, we get confused. It's like, what just happened, right? Pretty normal response. Um, all right, here's, here's one of my favorites here. The guy at the bottom. Notice the guy at the bottom. He looks a little queasy. He's like, oh, I've seen the storm, and Jesus, you know, I want to be there right close to you, but like so... Anybody identify with that guy? <laughs> I actually get super motion sick all the time. It's one of the things I just, I pray God heal me of my motion sickness some days. If I can't ride in the car with somebody else driving, I can't fly in an airplane without Dramamine. I've never taken a cruise, because um, if I did, I'd love to, but if I did, there'd have to be like an emergency helicopter evacuation option, because if I got seasick... <laughs> Like, it's no good, man. So if it was me on this boat, while I probably would be the fixer mode, if I somehow wasn't up in the fixer mode, you know, working with duct tape and bailing wire to try to fix something, um, I'd be that guy right there, up chucking over the side of the boat, actually hoping that maybe we will just sink soon so I can be put out of my misery. So there we go. So that's, that's an option right there. Um, I gotta love this guy back at the back, right? I wish this was a little lighter, but but in, you can see in the other original picture, you can see here that the the whatever that is, his oar or whatever this is, he's hanging on to. He's supposed to be steering the boat, but the oar isn't even in the water, right? It's like this is futility personified, right? And in a storm, it's easy to slide into that hopeless feeling of futility, isn't it? 
Um, how about this guy right here? He's grabbing the rope. Now, apparently, that's Rembrandt's. Um, in most of his paintings, he liked to try to paint himself into the scene. And so that's him there, hand on his head, and he's saying, hey, uh, I think we're lost. Like, how, how did we, where, we're lost. How did this happen, right? He's, he's feeling lost and just like we can feel lost in a storm. He's, he's feeling lost. Um, check out this guy here behind Rembrandt, kind of to the left. That's his face there facing that direction. And this guy um, has just given up. I think resignation is the word for that guy right there. He's wrapped himself in a blanket. He's not even facing Jesus. He doesn't seem to be doing anything at all. He's just covered up, given into resignation. And I know that one too, right? The feeling of resignation, like, uh, does it even matter anyways? Like, it is, it is what it is. That's resignation right there. But don't miss this, by the way. Last one here. Again, I wish it was a little brighter, but can you see that guy right there? Guy right there, there's his neck, there's his head. I needed to really test this, sorry. That's what happens when we don't have like a tech team that does this. Um, this guy here, and you can look at this painting later if you want. This guy here has his head bowed, facing Jesus, his hands closed. He might be the only guy on the boat doing something helpful because he's praying. He's maybe worshiping Jesus, which is a, it's a pretty good idea in a storm, that posture, right? Um, Brittany says that's her, by the way. That's her on the boat, so she's the one, yeah. But, but this guy, he is, he's, he's, he's on to something. I mean, to worship, to just stop in the middle of the storm, fix our eyes on Jesus, that's actually helpful. And what makes so much sense about this guy that's worshiping, this, this guy here, is, is that even in the worst of the storm, because Jesus hadn't said, peace be still yet, even here in the worst of the storm, he has oriented his attention toward Jesus. He might actually be experiencing peace before Jesus ever says the words, peace be still. These are different responses, pretty normal, pretty typical when a storm of life hits. And listen, here's the deal. In a storm of life, I gotta say this, it's okay to be angry, to feel lost, confused, it's normal, I would not shame us for those responses. It's pretty normal, actually, to cycle between sadness and despair and anger and hopelessness. And, and, and we talk about this here at Hope, but God never asks us to stuff our feelings <laughs> or to pretend we're not confused when we are confused. But here's what we do know, that, that in our anger, in our despair, in our feeling overwhelmed in any storm, Jesus reminds us that he is with us and he invites us to fix our eyes on him. And again, if you've been around here, you know that we talk about this, like fixing our eyes on Jesus doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we ignore the pain or pretend that it's not scary no, no, fixing our eyes on Jesus means that even in the midst of the storm, we are invited to look up and see that he is with us in it. Now, sometimes, like he did in the story of this storm right here, Jesus speaks, says, peace be still. 
And suddenly everything changes. The storm is over. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) But this story, like every other story of Jesus, it's not a magic formula to ending the storm, right? And so what can be confusing if we do think that, well, it's just a magic formula. I just got to fix my eyes on Jesus and he'll calm the storm. Uh, The problem with with assuming that or thinking that's like the formula, right, is that when the storm does then continue to rage, we get really quickly confused. We wonder, oh my goodness, does this mean that's a sign that Jesus has abandoned us? That he's not there? That he's not with me in the storm? But friends, uh, here... Over and over, all throughout the scriptures, we are assured that he is with us. He is with you. One place, Hebrews 13, 5. God has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. And the word they use right there, never, can be, it's a word that emphasizes he never, ever, ever, ever leaves us. He never, ever, ever, ever forsakes us. Ever. So if that's the case and the storm still rages, we know that Jesus is with us. We can be sure, oh no, the storm's raging, but yeah, he is there even though the storm lingers. So maybe what we can count on, not that he's gonna get rid of the storm, maybe we count on the fact, the truth, that it's his presence in the storm that we can lean into. It's his presence in our storms of life that we can count on. So then whether the storm is miraculously and suddenly calmed by Jesus, I always pray for that in my storms and yours. (laughs) Or if it keeps raging and seems to keep going, the truth is that Jesus is with you in your storm. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. And I just have to wonder if in Rembrandt's painting here, That last guy with his head bowed, he's there worshiping to remind us that worshiping Jesus in the storm orients us to Jesus. Even before the storm's over, it orients us to Jesus. Yesterday, um, Heidi and I were talking, and um, and, uh, we were talking about something that our our guest instructor, we, we did this. Um, January jumpstart class and we were in the marriage class and, and uh, Carrie was instructing one week and um, um, she's, a, she's a great therapist, a great, great teacher and, and she asked us something that came back to us yesterday and Heidi described this. Um, what is it that we focus on when there is a, a problem or a crisis? She's like, what, what do we tend to do? When there's a problem, there's a crisis that comes up, um, to what are we oriented she said, Heidi, remember this, we can orient ourselves to the problem. We focus in on the problem, or she said, we could, what if we then instead orient ourselves to Jesus? See, when we orient ourselves to the problem, it looks like that's all there is. But when we orient ourselves to Jesus, we don't ignore that the problem's there. We fix our eyes on Jesus, remembering that he is there too. He's with us. Again, it's good, it is right, it is honest to feel our feelings. Uh, It's good to be honest about situations that we face. But we need to make sure we don't get so dialed into that 
that we don't orient ourselves back to Jesus. Otherwise, if we don't come back to Jesus, we stay fixated on the problem. And, and as Heidi pointed out yesterday, when the problem gets all of our focus, all of our orientation, the problem looks bigger and bigger. Pretty quickly, we lose perspective. Then it seems like the problem or the crisis is all there is because it's all we can see. It even seems bigger than Jesus which is why Jesus invites us to recenter our scattered senses on him to reorient our attention to him. So how does that work? Right? Um because I'm going to be the last guy that'd be like just fix your eyes on the Lord it'll all be fine, right? Um we don't do like a fluffy, you know, unrealistic advice that's not helpful for those of us who are not in the spiritually elite stratosphere of our walk with God. Um, this is not about spending hours in meditation or chanting a mantra. I think there's very practical things we can do, um, very practical ways that any of us can orient our attention to Jesus. And I'm only going to give you a few that Heidi and I just kind of listed of what's been helpful for us this week. There's there's a hundred or more, but here, here's just a sum of the practical ways that we can orient ourselves to Jesus um, through scriptures is one, through scriptures. Like this marked passage that we've looked at today, it's a way that God speaks and brings reassurance and comfort and encouragement. Um, scripture reminds us of what is true, reminds us of what is true. Uh, another way, through um, remembering what God has done in the past. Um, think of the things that happen in your life, the storms that God has already taken you through, and you can go, oh yeah, he got me through that. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. He's gonna get me through this. Um, or we look at the history, right? Next, next Sunday, um, part of the message um, that Pastor Dwayne's going to do in his part is, is about the stones of remembrance and what that means and looking back on our own stories and on our stories at church, um, looking back at what God has done, helping us then to point our direction forward. So orienting ourselves to Jesus in the storm, we can remember what God has already done. Uh, another thing that's been helpful for us through art, which is where today's message launched in with this picture, um, through nature, where we get out and we walk, we hike, we're just out there. Um, through your favorite stories. God can use your favorite stories to help draw your attention to Jesus because they tell you about something more that's going on. Um, another way, and this is new for some of us, um, but, but we've noticed that um, through being open to the Holy Spirit um, can draw our attention, orient us to to Jesus, we, we get calm, we listen, we pray, we see if he's drawing our attention to something new or speaking something we need to hear. Sometimes that's through um, areas that uh, folks would call prophetic areas, um, through words, through visions, through dreams, maybe through images. Um, and if that's new to you, that's, that's okay. It's something we talk about from time to time here. We don't push it real hard. But, but we do believe that when Scripture talks about things like dreams and visions and pictures and prophecy, as long as they align with Scripture, then we need to consider them, to test them, to weigh them. Um, again, Scripture is above all of it. But God can use those things as well. And related to that, the last one that's just been helpful for us is to recall those words and promises that God has spoken before. Things that he has spoken before to, to look back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
okay, this helps remind me of where Jesus is at and where he's taking us, where he's at. It helps us orient ourselves. Now, those last couple um, pulled our attention to something that I want to share with the Hope family. Um, By the way, isn't it interesting how creative God is sometimes in how he draws our attention to him to help us fix our eyes on Jesus during a storm? Like, I do believe that God speaks in many, many ways, primarily through scripture, yes, Um, But he also often wants to give us specific things to help us hold on to for maybe direction or encouragement later. And it's one of the reasons that over the last few years, we are learning to practice listening prayer as a group here at at Hope with some of our leadership. Um, We just want to be open to what God might speak to us as a church. And so I'm thankful that we can look back at these previous times as listening prayer um, as a church and see the scriptures God has highlighted, or the pictures or words or different things that have come up and been discerned by Hope's leaders. Um, and we look back and go, wow, that's accurate, right? And part of why that's great is that in a storm, we can start to lose objectivity. So it helps us to stop, fix our eyes on Jesus, remember the things he's spoken to us before, which is what I want to give us uh, two, two of those pieces here um, in a moment, just real quick. Again, This whole sermon is not about the storm that's happened at Hope. I know we have lots of other storms that are going. But as your pastor right now, I want to take a few minutes um, and speak specifically to a few of the things that have been encouraging me and some of our staff, at least, um, and helping us keep our eyes on Jesus, keeping ourselves oriented toward Jesus and not just on the problems that we are trying to sort through right now. Um, So one of the things that's, been a great reminder and encouragement to us, help us focus on Jesus, uh, has been um, the first one. Actually, I shared part of it last Sunday in the message, um, but there's actually something more, so I want to come back to it and add that other piece. Um, Last week, I described how in listening prayer a year ago, a year ago, as we asked God for the upcoming year to show us what he's calling us to do, who he's calling, uh, calling us, what he's calling us to be and, and what to do. Um, one of the things that came up is, is a vision of us as a church, um, a picture that we were like a deeply rooted tree. And I think it was Brittany that had it first and then lots of us just kind of chimed in and sensed the same thing. But, but, but um, here's how she described it, this, this image of a tree Our church is like a tree growing deep, deep roots. And once the roots took hold, these big, beautiful green branches burst out of the top of the trunk full of life. And that just rang true for all of us in that time of prayer. And our collective discernment was that we need to focus on going deep as a church, not just wide. We need to be focused more on depth and maturity and not spending all of our energy trying to like, I don't know, double in size or something, right? We need to go deep, not just wide. And this year's listening prayer, we sense that is still true for this year as well. We're sticking with it, going deep, not just wide. Now, after that came up in last Sunday's message, Erin, who's on our uh, staff in the youth area, uh, she was reminded of something that she had also heard along with that, um, but she didn't share it with the rest of us. And again, this was a full year ago that this now came back to what she had taken down, written down, and this week she felt led to share it with us. Here's what she sensed with that picture, uh, God wanting to say to our church family, hope, hope is like a tree by a stream whose roots go deep. Though shaken, we will not fall. 
And that first part, right, sounded a lot like what we were hearing about the deep roots. But did you catch that second part? Though shaken, we will not fall. Now, maybe Erin, I didn't ask her this. Maybe she didn't share that because she's like, uh-oh, here it comes, right? A shaken's coming, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be that prophet, right? So, um, but no, this actually was so helpful. And it's one of the things, even this week, that's helped me to fix my eyes on Jesus in this storm. Part of what it reminds me is that, that, that our loving Father knew that at some point a shaking would come. And what a year, right? COVID, <laughs> financial stress, staff problems. God knew and wants to remind us even now that he is growing our roots deep in him, deep in the truths of scripture, deep in community, deep in grace. And though shaken, we will not fall because we're rooted in him. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus. So Hope Family, in orienting us to Jesus, that's the first of the two things I wanted to share with all of us, that God is growing us deep so when we are shaken, not if, when we are shaken, we will not fall. Now the second one was an image that I shared, if you were here at the end of uh, the annual meeting, I shared it then, um, but we didn't record that part, and I know some of you weren't here for that, um, and I sense that this is important encouragement for us as well. And it comes from some, um, someone that some of you might remember a couple years ago, uh, a wise pastor, mentor, friend, a longtime friend of our family, um, uh, Rena Grazier. She's recently retired pastor, um, comes from Minnesota, usually about once a year. Um, and she's one of the people that just prays for our church. You don't even know it, but she's praying for our church. And so I knew she prays for our church, so I kind of gave her a heads up last Sunday of what we were going to have to talk about, um, so she was praying for us, and then she sent me this in a text message. She sent this. She said, I was praying last night and this morning for you and for hope. Here's what I'm sensing. Notice the humility. She's like, thus saith the Lord, right? She's sensing. She's seeing a vision of the Hope family in a boat going down a river with boulders on either side. It looks dangerous and scary. I'm like, it is dangerous and scary. Um, and she said, but then she said, I, I see Jesus walking next to you, holding onto the boat, protecting you and guiding you. Again, these images are powerful. I think it's why God uses imagery to help us hang on to and remember. Protecting us, guiding us. Then she writes, when you get through this part, there is a wide, smooth, and fast-running river. And Jesus jumps in the boat with you as you paddle onward. It seems that as painful and difficult as this time is, there's coming a season of smooth sailing and much fruit. Oh, Jesus, I hope so. Um, anybody else hope so? Yeah? Okay. And here's what she wrapped up with. She wrote this. She said, I'm hearing Jesus say to us, be of good courage, for I am with you. I have your back. I'm your comforter, your shield, your strong tower, and I will give you my peace in this storm. What's beautiful is that every line of that you can pull from different places in Scripture, which is, I think, how really accurate words like that work. Right? Be of good courage. I am with you, says Jesus. I have your back. I'm your comforter, your shield, your strong tower, and I will give you 
my peace in this storm. And so Hope family, let's just keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's look to him for our peace. Let's trust him to calm the storm, to help us navigate our next steps, and to trust that he will work it for our good. And maybe I'm just talking to me, but let's remember this as well, that Hope Covenant Church is his church, right? It's his church. Jesus is the you know, senior pastor of the church, of our church. Um, our staff, our elders, we get to be you know, under shepherds, under the good shepherd. And so our job as a church family, our job as a church family is to love God, love others, and to follow Jesus together. So storm or no storm, let's keep trusting Jesus as he leads and guides us, amen? Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Remember how I uh, told you at the start of this talk how I had you know, picked up this painting in the appointment that I had and stared at it, and then he asked me, anybody remember what he asked me? Yeah, Doug, which one are you <laughs> in the painting? And, and the honest truth, and this won't surprise you, is um, it depends, right? Depends on the day. Depends on the hour. Sometimes doesn't it depend on the moment? Because <laughs> I can go from sad in a storm. I can go from sad to confused to angry to resignation to fearful. Pretty quickly I can run around that horn a few times. But here's what I know and, and God keeps reminding me to do. And I think this is helpful for all of us in our storms. I think he's reminding me and us what we want to do is that wherever we're at, whichever character we are in the boat, we want to orient ourselves to the reality that Jesus is with us in the storm. Jesus is with us in the storm. No matter what our reaction is, anger, whatever, whatever it is, we do know this, that at the same time we are angry, confused, all the rest of it, Jesus is still with us in the storm. So will we look up and see him with us in it. As the worship team comes, um, I want to shift off of the storm our family's facing a little bit here. I mean, I want to ask you, what, what storm are you facing right now? And for some of us, it will be. Last week's developments, that might feel like the storm we're facing. Um, but for many of us, there is quite another storm in our own lives. Maybe you're facing a financial storm, a storm in your job or your family, maybe a prodigal son or daughter, a brother or sister who's breaking your heart. Maybe that's the storm. Maybe your storm is the depression that comes on without notice. It, it's like it rushes in, grabs you by the ankles and tries to drag you out to sea. I've been there more than once in my life. And if you have, you know that feeling too. Feels very familiar. Maybe that's your storm even right now. Or maybe your storm is something very different. Maybe it is a secret sin that you've been hiding, but you know, you realize it's actually holding you prisoner and you need to get free. You need to come out of hiding so you can find healing and freedom. And maybe the turmoil you even feel around that um, is this wondering, is it finally time to come out of hiding and come clean? Maybe that's your storm. 
maybe the situation that's come up, maybe, maybe, maybe something's been done to you. That's your storm. Something was done to you. And so the voices of shame are whispering lies about you that you are damaged or broken, somehow worth less now. You might even know and have done some work that shame is a liar. You might know shame's a liar, but sometimes the noise of the storm makes it hard to hear the truth. And the truth is that you are loved. The truth is that you are clean. The truth is that Jesus wants to heal your heart and set you free from shame. But a storm can trigger all this unhealed shame in us. Or maybe your storm, maybe your storm is the cancer you're fighting the diagnosis you're awaiting or the sickness or addiction that you or a loved one are dealing with. And maybe your storm is something completely different, but friends, no matter what the storm, can we hold on to this? Can we hold on and even hear Jesus saying to our hearts in the storm, be of good courage for I am with you. Jesus is saying, I have your back. Let, him, let, let your heart hear Jesus say these words to you. I'm with you. I have your back. I'm your comforter, your shield, your strong tower, and I will give you my peace in this storm. Friends, can we hold on to that? Can we hold on to Jesus so that whether your storm is miraculously and suddenly calmed by Jesus or it seems to keep raging, the truth is that Jesus is with you in your storm either way. See, friends, you are not alone. You are not alone. Whatever you face, you are not alone. Jesus is with you. And I've even just heard him whispering to my heart and to our hearts, I believe, I hear him whispering, eyes on me, friends, <laughs> hearts on me. Orient yourselves toward me, toward Jesus. He's saying, just put your eyes on him. Jesus wants us to know we can fix our eyes on him. He's with us, that he's, he's got us. He wants to walk with us through the storm. So we let him give you peace. Jesus, my prayer is that we would orient our attention on you, that we would be reminded of your promises to us, your words to us, your, your words in scripture, but would you also release words of wisdom, of, of knowledge, of prophecy? Would you release all the gifts of the spirit that you have for us as we orient our hearts towards you in every storm and we lean into you Jesus